now listening to the Seventh Rounders. All right, welcome back. It's Wednesday, November 30th. Uh, it's John, myself, and uh, resident football analyst Steve Cardillo here. I was just Davey telling John, underrated, yeah, uh, Davey Deals. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we need all the good juju we can get. Dave's trying to uh, close some some last minute deals. Davey here Deals. Davey Deals is basically a sideline correspondent tonight. He might pop in. He might pop out. Um, I'm like France today. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a resting starter. I'm gonna pop out at halftime. Chad is also France today. He just isn't showing up until maybe later. You guys might get a surprise interview. Um, there could be an opportunity. You never know what you get on these episodes. Like you really don't. Um, so just hang on for the ride. Connor opened us up. Connor the surgeon. Yeah, he's just yeah. He's just you know, there's a chance I'm just soloing uh, NFL talk today. We don't know what's going to happen here. So uh, anything could happen. But <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride. I mean, this is like. The, the seventh rounders are just like it's like mid it's like honestly november everyone's playing hurt this time of year you know the guys are busy you know a lot of quarters are wrapping up uh for some chad's uh chad's having like just these high level dinners out here <clears throat> just a lot going on um it's championship week though but before that yeah, regular regular season of college football has come to a close minus uh navy and army which is in a couple weeks, but yeah, uh, yeah, the insane end to the regular season. A lot of storylines going on, but since we have John here, we'll we'll start it with you. you know, talk about the Cox. Talk to me about the Cox. A little cock talk, you could say. It's never been. I don't really understand. Like this, you got to combine. You got to keep in mind here, like the the Gamecocks and the Dolphins at the same time. It's just been futility um, for the last five years, really on both sides of the ball, um, all sides of the ball. But you look at it, and suddenly the Gamecocks have one of the, the brighter futures in college football, I'd say. Um, I spent most of Saturday, Sunday, and Monday about a 72-hour smile bender. Um, my jawline was sore after that Clemson win. We should have won by two or three touchdowns, too. Um, Rattler throws two just horrendous interceptions. The fact we win that game on the road um, with him throwing a pick six inside our own 20 and then him throwing a pick six, on, or not a pick six, just an interception in the end zone on the goal line on the other side of the field. You know, two terrible throws. But other than that, I mean, played pretty much a pitcher-perfect game. Um, a lot of plays, a lot of guys stepped up. Josh Van, I think his knee exploded on, on one of the better catches I've seen all year. We had a tight end, Nate Adkins made a, uh, he looked like he was Michael Jordan, like on the shoe. Uh, if you guys saw that, the big, the big chunky tight end with the one handed snag looked like, looked like Odell too. Um, just a great team effort. You know, the boys, the future's looking up two teams in the country. I believe no one's fact checked me yet, but I believe only South Carolina and Michigan have two top 10 final college football rank wins this year uh tennessee and clemson and then penn state and ohio state for michigan so yeah i mean i couldn't be happier about it um we finished the year ranked 19th maybe we sneak into the citrus bowl if lsu gets their shit rocked by georgia in the title game here which could happen dave your hand is up i got a question yeah first of all i would just like to congratulate you um, thank you i know there's been a lot of ups and downs Cox a lot of down down Put some ups too, and and you know what? It does seem like they get these. I don't know if it's every year, but it does seem like they they tend to pull off an upset. At you know, they do it with regularity. But my question is, you know, they they beat up Tennessee and then go on the road at Clemson, like you just alluded to, as good as anyone's in the country this year. Um, how do they then lose to Missouri at home? How do they get their butts kicked? at Florida on the road is it just a consistency thing with this program is it just the upward a, trajectory the growing pains with Shane Beamer like talk to me like what's the next step here it's crazy because you know those two games happened directly before the Tennessee and Clemson it's like people completely forget other than those that are pay, had been paying attention all year they forget that we did that like we laid two eggs against two of the you know middling SEC teams this season but I think something changed. Like, so Marcus Satterfield was our offensive coordinator for the first 10 games, technically the first 12, they'll lead you to believe. 
Um, I continue to speculate. I think Freddie Kitchens was our ghost OC those last two games. <laughs> no if way. If you look at the play calling. The Wait, play is he design, on the staff? Hold up. Oh, he yeah. He's been an staff? offensive analyst. Oh, since Beamer got in town. I yeah. didn't know that. Freddie Kitchens has, has been roaming the sidelines um, <laughs> there in Columbia for the last two years. Um, I think wow. he's been the ghost OC the last two weeks because, like, you look at the – everything is completely different after the Florida egg. Um, Tennessee and, and Clemson look complete. A lot of vertical passing, a lot of, lot of more pre-snap movement, a lot more creativity, um, deep crosses. That Rattler was able to just let it fly, and that's when he's literally at his best, like – I think he led the country in, in um, air yard over twenty over twenty yards in the air throws. I don't know how to fucking say that. Uh, those last two weeks, like by I know what you're saying. like he was just. I mean, he was letting it rock, and he and, was on point. So has, he, there, has there been anything on? Good. I was gonna say, has there been anything with him coming back next year or not? I mean, I would assume kind of like with how the season ended. Like, yeah. look, I'm not like I don't think he's like a. I don't know if he's gonna be a not a first round pick, but like I would think he's got ground to gain if he came back yeah. and showed that these last two yeah. weeks aren't a fluke. Like I would think he should probably go back. I I think he should go back. I mean, I think he completely re revitalized his draft status. Say what you want, people be like it's only two games. I mean, he looked unbelievable against two great teams. Um, and the arm talent's always been there. I think it was a confidence issue for a while, and I just don't think we were using his his skill set at all for ten games this year. Um. Yeah. So situation to monitor. We're gonna have a new offensive coordinator. It might be the most anticipated coordinator search a fan base has ever have, um, ever had in like the history. Like Gamecock Twitter's all over this offensive coordinator search. Um, really, yeah, really an attractive, really an attractive job right now. And I hope they give Rattler a say. Like, hey, you come back and you get to uh, have a little, have a little skin in the game in the offensive coordinator. I'd love that. Because didn't there did their OC leave for Nebraska? He left for Nebraska. He he'd been all yeah. he'd been with Matt Rule, um, at Temple at Baylor, Baylor and Temple. Yeah, yeah. So well, over. I'll tell you um, what. If Rattler, if There's Rattler a comes back, everyone, I think. we wanted him gone. We wanted him gone all year. Yeah. So. If Rattler comes Everything. back, I mean, honestly, yeah. I was going to say like great opportunity. Like the SEC landscape's changing. You know, like Alabama. Like Nick Saban's not going to be there forever. Um, obviously, A and M's down. Auburn's down. Arkansas is kind of middling again. Like there's an opportunity there for South Carolina if oh, Rattler yeah. comes back to it's, make some noise. So is, I would like to see new blood. Beamer hasn't even SEC. gotten his his you know his first few recruiting classes. You know, second one even in the door yet, and it's uh it's like a top twenty in the country. Or sorry, it's like twenty four, and the one for this year, this current cycle is like sixteen right now. Like he's he's recruiting too. Um, it's really exciting. It's very exciting. Real quick, I want to uh. I went back through the archives. John did predict that the Cox would be nine and three this year. So I'd say he four. did say he did say as a qualifier, he said at least eight wins and that they would beat Clemson. So I was basically on both of those. I might have been playing, you know, some could say I was playing two hands at the table. I might have been with saying eight and four and nine and three, but hey, let's go. Yeah, and then uh just real quick going off that with the rest of the SEC. Uh, I owe Mr. Clemens an apology. I uh, I said that Vanderbilt would be a borderline non-Power 5 team this year. They uh, they impressed. Commodores were good. Uh, and then our, our predictions for the SC championship game, all were incorrect because we all had Bama. Uh, I, Chad had Bama, Tennessee. John had Bama, South Carolina, which was probably a, a little bit of a biased play there. And uh, I had Bama, Georgia. Although I will say if Carolina was on the other side, I don't know if they would have technically gotten in, but it would have been close. I don't know what the tiebreaker or anything like that is, but. We're going to have to look at that. Yeah. Overall, happy for you. Um, does this bowl game matter? Is this oh, a big, yeah. like, big, big game for the, momentum? The Beamers, the Beamers take the bowl games incredibly seriously. Uh, the Gamecocks were 4-4 four and four in conference, so they would not have quite made it on the other side yet but that's okay i appreciate the thought um no i i think it's a it, it's important i'm rooting for us to get a i want to play a big brand school we're seeing notre dame in a lot of projections i would much rather notre dame than like an illinois or purdue i would love to see us because that that'll just raise we need to build brand recognition right now with like it carry the momentum 
Right now, I'm all about recruiting. The, the bowl game is huge for recruiting. You see us on, on TV against Notre Dame, you're going to get so much more eyes on that than fucking Illinois. So, like, that's all I want. I'm thinking like uh, I'm thinking like I'm in that the NIL era now. Like I'm here. I've arrived. Go Gamecocks. Like we got this. Give me the big brand and let's beat them. Like I think we can beat them. Like I think honestly, I think we can beat anyone right now. We've proven we can the last few weeks. It's a shame you weren't playing like this when uh, you played Georgia. Could have if Freddie if Freddie was Ghost OC the entire season, where would we be? That's all I got to say. Uh, the other big game, obviously, our friend Chad couldn't join us tonight. OSU at home in a revenge game just lays an absolute dud against the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I, I'll say the name, Michigan, 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 Michigan. They are better than Ohio State. They are. The program seems to be in better shape than Ohio State. Their coaching seems to be better than Ohio State. They're certainly more physical than Ohio State. Uh, I, that was a result that I was not expecting to see. Quick programming note. Uh, we didn't think we were going to have Chad on this week's episode. Uh, however, he did film himself talking for about 14 minutes about Ohio State at length, the college football playoff, James Franklin, and, and some other random things. So uh, stay tuned after the break to get his full thoughts. Definitely worth the listen. Uh, now back to the regular show. Yeah. Um, they dominated him two years in a row. Just ran all over him. Same game plan. <laughs> bullied him. Michigan is so much better in the trenches um, than Ohio State is right now. And that's where it's going to matter in, the, in those games. Dave, Big Ten man, talk about it. What would you see? So, I mean, the difference in this game was – the explosive plays of Michigan hit, right? They had the two runs. They had two runs that went for, like, what, both 80-plus? They are both, like, 70-plus here touchdown runs, and then J.J. hit a couple big throws as well. Um, and and it's funny, too, because, like, that was the one thing, coming, you know, coming into this game and, like, just Michigan this year in general, they really – not really in any game have they had to have J.J. McCarthy make, like, big-time throws, you know? They've been playing from um, – with the lead basically all year – um never really got tested and i think ohio state coming into this game really just dared them like hey we're gonna load the box up jj's gonna have to make a couple throws credit to him he did that he showed he has that capability um and then yeah michigan like you just guys just said more physical up front their offensive line is is the best i've seen in college football this year and they were able to hit a couple big runs too so i mean the explosive plays was the difference in that game for sure um because I think if you took away like four, they had like 300 yards on four plays. Uh, mm -hmm. You take that away, like Ohio State actually hung with them on a down to down basis. But obviously the explosive plays are a big part of the game. And actually last week, Ohio State was kind of getting gashed by Maryland with some explosive plays too. So, you know, I just think uh, credit to Michigan, like you guys said. I mean, they're the better team this year. They they really look dominant. And um I mean, that was super impressive, especially to do it in Columbus. You know, it's one thing last year where they, they win that game at Michigan um, to do it on the road. I mean, that is the most impressive one of the year, I think. Yeah. I, I will add, I felt like Ohio State had that game controlled, and then they let up the first long pass, and, and it just completely yeah. unraveled. I mean, what, they gave up three points through a quarter and a half, a little bit more than that, Yeah, and then just completely opened up. I don't know what – I don't understand how programs that big can't get players on defense or can't yeah. scheme up these players on defense. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State brought in Jim Knowles this year from Oklahoma State. I think they made him the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the country, right up there. Um, and they were much improved on defense. They were very good earlier. But, you know, I think what I've seen from Ohio State this year, you know, I, I do watch a lot of them. Um, compared to years past, at least, they just don't have – like that dominant D line they've had. Um, they have some guys who can get after the the quarterback. You know, JTT um, has made some huge plays this year. He's probably the reason they won that Penn State game. But just, you know, interior defensive line, just across the entire line as a whole, they're not nearly as good and dominant as they've been up front um, compared to years past. So yeah. it's uh yeah, it's uh it's a it's it's a concern for them. And when you go up against Michigan's O line, um, that's that's what's gonna happen. 
fortunately for Chad, and hopefully we'll hear from him later in an exclusive interview at the end of the show, um, they're not dead. Uh, so if we to recap the college football rank real quick, uh, Georgia's at one, Michigan's at two, TCU's at three. I think the three of them are locked in. I mean, if any of them lose, they still only have one loss, and I don't think you should penalize a team you know, for losing that extra game in their championship, and like you can't let a two-loss team in. I just don't see how any of those three – Obviously, the top two, but specifically speaking to TCU, they should they should be in no matter what. Agreed. Hopefully, they go out and take care of business. But um, if USC loses, then they're a two-loss team, and they lost to Utah twice. They're at four, and I think that Ohio State at five would leap them. Um, Bam at six, I don't think it matters because I don't see them getting in with two losses. I think that Ohio State would continue to stay ahead. So, And, again, I don't see TCU getting out. So, it's crazy. I was reading today that uh... – at Caesars Sportsbook, they have taken more uh, bets on Ohio State to win the national championship this week than TCU has taken all year. So That's clearly insane. people are still confident if Ohio State can sneak in there that they will uh, be a problem. They're, they actually have odds that are shorter than, I believe, both TCU and USC still. I so honestly look. might just have to put a, put a play in on TCU to win it if no one's putting any money on them because that just feels right. I'm I'm excited. I, yeah, I hope I mean, U.S. Go ahead. I was going to say they've been doubted all year, and it hasn't mattered. So you've doubted them all year, specifically. Yeah, I mean, even last week, I decided not to bet either side of it, and they still won. So clearly, they're just a wagon. At they this just point. they like to win. Sonny Dykes likes to win. Um, I hope he takes care of business. I think it'd be a fun playoff. Georgia USC, I think, could be fun. Um, and I Michigan TCU, I'm like already very excited for that game. So I'm hoping those two stay locked in the matchup together. I hope they already got invited to the fiesta. It is. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Michigan, Georgia, TCU, regardless of what happened, are locked in, uh, at least should be. And it's you know, it's kind it is kind of messed up with the USC thing. Um, like if they go out and lose to Utah again, would Ohio State really leapfrog them? It's I don't know. From a fundamental like perspective, it seems flawed that a team will get penalized for making it to the the conference championship game. If they lose, like they get leapfrogged by yeah. Ohio State. But that being My, said, it would be their second loss to Utah. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I guess you would have to put Ohio State in. I would. I think. My, the, I think my the thought counter, is just like. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I think the counter of that is that if, say, Ohio State hadn't lost that game, well, I. Not even Ohio State, but there are years where that conference championship game can help propel you past the team. I just think yeah. this year specifically, yeah. it's a bit strange. You know, I want to see I Caleb Williams that, in the in the final four. I, I really mean, hope they win this weekend. Yeah, I'm hope that's exactly it. And I think that too, if they lose, you know, if a team loses to Utah, it was like what 15th twice. What makes you think that they deserve to go up against uh, against Georgia and, and just get waxed by them? considering Utah went on the road and lost to a bad Florida team. So that's where my thought is. I just think that would be Ohio State for that reason. But I will say, if you're Georgia, you got – I mean, you'd probably say they wouldn't care. But, I mean, what would that line be against Ohio State? If Ohio State gets a four seed, that'd probably be what, like a max touchdown spread? Probably not even. Yeah. I would think that's like a closer, like a three-point line. Whereas if they're playing USC, that's that's probably double digits. Yeah. I'm guessing. I would it's think against Ohio things. State, it would probably be like, yeah, around four, three and a half. Four. Yeah, and I'm thinking USC would be double digits because USC's yeah. defense has not stopped anyone all year. Caleb Williams should win the Heisman. I think he's the best quarterback in the country, but um, I mean, he would have to he would have to have an unbelievable game to pull yeah. that upset off. I still want to see it though. Um, picks from last week. Chad has been in my ear. Chad's been closing the gap ever since a comment I made that he was mathematically eliminated, which was incorrect. I went three and zero this week, though. I'm twenty and twenty two on the season now. We had uh, the Cox plus fourteen and a half free money. I hope everyone in the world took that. Washington, Washington State over sixty one. That was a shootout. Oklahoma, Texas Tech over sixty three and a half. Also a shootout. Chad did go two and one, so he is. We were tied going in. He's so I'm twenty and twenty two. He's 19 and 23. Um, and then Connor, you've you've had a steady lead. You've led every week this this whole year. Um, you were 20, 17, and one coming in. Two lane hit. 
Ohio State did not, and Iowa State, I have no idea. Iowa State got the doors blown off of them. <laughs> I did pay TCU this week again. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, TCU absolutely demolished Iowa State. Yeah. So that's, that what, 21-19-1, I believe? And what would your record be had you not decided to fade TCU every single uh, I lost. I lost five times, I think, four or five times. Oh, I thought TCU. it was literally – I thought it was literally like 12 times. Well, I would fade them most weeks, but I only included the fade in my actual locks. Lock. Okay. Like four or five times. So, okay. yeah, TCU cost me a, a very profitable season. But, John, congrats on on uh, edging out Chad so you we don't have to call you a liar on air. Um, Thank because you. Because well, you, well, you did jump the gun. We, well, we decided that we're resetting, we, that we reset it for uh, – For conference championships and bowl season? Yeah. Okay, well, I am. Uh, let me just declare that I am in the contest for conference championships and bowl okay. season. It's okay. a damn shame that I missed out on the regular season. I know I missed several pods. You, you would have finished we, two and one every week. So. I sixty six percent. Yeah, I uh, I think I was two and one on on um, you know, all the picks I did make on the show. So are we? Anyways. Which ones are we picking? Are we picking? I think let's pick the six ranked. So we'll do the five power and then UCF two lane. I want to pick. So let's just do the six. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go down in uh, chronological order here. As Perfect. I got the odds pulled up, and I, I will. Love this uh, Friday I'll, night. Yeah, Friday I'll night sprinkle in a couple uh, a couple preseason notes for some of these conferences too. Uh, okay. As applicable. Uh, Friday night. Yeah. So we do have a Friday 7:30 game. We're not going to talk about it. North Texas UTSA. Good luck if you're uh, watching or betting that game. Utah USC 8 p.m. Friday night, USC's minus two and a half, over under 67 and a half. Uh, I will say uh, our predictions preseason, I, I did say that this was USC's conference to lose. I actually specifically said I don't see any way USC loses this conference. So if they win wow. this, big for me. Uh, Chad took Utah, so his is still alive. Uh, John, you took Oregon, but I will give you – some props here. You did speak very highly of Bo Nix with a scenery change. He had a great year. So thank you. You're very accurate on that. Um, and you did say Utah doesn't seem like a quote unquote back to back conference champion. So you need USC <laughs> to win as well for that to for that to uh stay true. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> USD minus two and a half is my pick. I think they get it done. I think it's gonna be a great game. I'm excited. Come on, Caleb. I'm rooting for him. This correct me. Oh, okay. This game is in Las Vegas. I was gonna say, I think the Pac-12 used to have the top seed host, but I guess that's not the case this year. So it is an unusual site. Um so what hold up, maybe I missed this. Are we just picking every every game here? Yeah. We're picking the okay. uh five power five and uh UCF two lane. Two lane. Okay. I'm gonna so I'm gonna join in on John. Yeah. I do think I'm going to take USC spread as well. Um, I really just think the difference is Caleb Williams. Um, he's been so damn good, especially down the stretch here. Like he really, it's just unbelievable watching him. Like I think, I know we've been gushing over, I've been gushing over Drake May as well. Uh, I don't know who's going to go first next year, but Caleb is is, is uh, amazing. Um, and uh, why am I blanking on Utah's quarterback? What's his name again? Cam uh, Rising. Cam yep. Rising, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched that Oregon game a couple weeks ago. He looked horrible. Um, kind of just seems like he's taking a step back this year. So I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna take Utah here. I'm sorry. I'm gonna take USC. Lamb. Yeah, I I really like USC too. But uh, for the sake of the the contest, uh, since I want to get a leg up here potentially, I'm gonna go with the under 67 and a half. Okay. I just I, – I think that's a big number for conference championship week. I know USC has arguably the most explosive offense in the country, but, you know, I, I think this is – we get to play off football here. I think everything's going to get a little tighter. Uh, windows will be smaller. So I'll take the uh, under 67 and a half. I like it. I'll, I'll also be betting USC, though, for just so everyone out there knows. Um, all right. We're sliding to Saturday. Noon kickoff. Uh, I will say – Saturday's great. We start with the U.S. Netherlands at 10 a.m. and we go right in to the Big 12 Championship at noon. TCU Kansas State. Uh, TCU minus two and a half, over under 61 and a half. 
TCU won the regular season matchup. Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember the score exactly. I'm pulling that up quickly. Adrian uh, Martinez had gotten injured in, the, in that game. Uh, they won. So did Will Howard. Yeah. So, so K-State was down their third quarterback. Kansas State looked good um, really for a lot of that game. However, I'm still taking the Horny Frogs. I've taken them all year. I'm not stopping now. Minus two and a half, same line as USC. Get it done. That, that, was, a, uh, that was a 38-28 TCU win uh, yeah. at home on October 22nd. Kansas State has been playing better ball lately. I like how they can run the ball. And God damn it, I mean, why would I stop now? I'm all over Kansas State here. I'll take Kansas State plus two and a half. Probably Kansas State money line. If you're a TCU fan or better, you should feel really good about that because I haven't won yet. Oh, yeah. So here we are. Uh, and David Deals is on the phone. He'll come back with his Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back with him on that game. Um, another noon kickoff we want to touch on, Toledo, Ohio for the MAC championship. Should be a fun one. Uh, then 3.30 we have uh, – go ahead. Real quick on the Mac. Oh, I guess I just haven't filtered to the big ones. I thought we were going to SEC. SEC. Oh, right? we are. I'm, I'm just I'm just naming the games. We're not actually going to touch on them. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Troy. Uh, what is that? CUSA? No, Sunbelt at 3.30 if you're interested mm -hmm. in that. Uh, but the next big one, Saturday, 4 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia. We have number 11 LSU taking on number one Georgia for the SC championship. This game, this line – tough this is sec championship game every year until the divisions get yeah. better georgia is minus 18 and a half over <laughs> under 50 and a half and i will lay I, it with the dogs i don't want wow good for you man i don't want anything to do the side i think it's gonna be high scoring though over 51 um i think this is probably a game people i don't know i feel like sec you think under i think it's going over i think the other ones are a bit high and go under this one's gonna go over so my official play is over 51 I don't hate that. Fast turf in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia also put up 49 points against Oregon in that same stadium to open the season. Yeah. So I will say uh, Jaden Daniels is, I believe, questionable right now. Unclear if he's going to go or not. I don't know if that affects your play. That might be why the no. total's a little bit no. deflated here, but. No, I love it good, still. Right? Love it more. Okay. Um. We have the Mountain West also at 4 p.m. at Fres it's Fresno State, Boise State, pretty ugly game That'll there. Be good. Uh, also at 4 p.m., a rematch from a, a matchup I believe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I forget. But Tulane taking on Central Florida in the uh, the AAC championship game. Tulane won the last matchup. Uh, no, UCF won by a touchdown. UCF oh, won by a touchdown. Um, at Tulane on November uh, November 12th. I think Tulane gets it done. I keep laying the points. I'm really starting to scare myself. I keep taking all the favorites, but I don't think that UCF wins the rematch here. I think Tulane gets it done. They've had a special season, um, I would, and I want to see them matched up in a, in a New Year's Six against a power team, riding the green wave. Yeah, I think Tulane's been playing great ball. I think they have a bit more to play for in this game. I'll take Tulane with the points as well. Yeah, it seems a little too easy out there right now. I'll tell you that much. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm the uh, Ralph uh, from The Simpsons on the bus. I'm in <laughs> danger, dude. I'm fucking horrified out here. Oh, God. All right. And then moving to the nightcap, we have the a ACC championship game, number 10 Clemson, number 24 UNC. Uh, Clemson minus 7.5, over under set at 63.5. Both teams playing bad football down the stretch here. Um, honestly, uh, probably the least watchable conference championship game, in my opinion. Ugly. Um, I will Ugh. take the over 63 and a half. Two bad defenses. I like it. A good quarterback in Drake May. I'll take the over. I don't know how you can't have UN. You can't anything that's uh, – if you're giving Clemson a touchdown right now, don't want it, don't want to see it. UNC is going to be able to carve up that defense with Drake May. Plus seven and a half I think is way too many. You saw what Ratwood just did. Give me UNC with the points. That's in Charlotte. It's in my backyard. I can't 
Can't wait to be here with fucking all the orange and, and baby blue. Ugh. I honestly, I think UNC is the right side there, but I mean, I they have dropped two bad, bad games on the season. Yeah. And Clemson's bad as well. Um, all right. And then the last conference championship game, Big Ten, 8 p.m. also. Another somewhat of a dud, but a little more exciting. Michigan taking on Purdue. Michigan's minus 16.5. Over-unders at 51.5. Um, I am going to take Purdue with the points here. I, I don't think Michigan's really going to care about this game that much. But a huge emotional game. I think they win the game. Don't get me wrong. But I could see T. Uh, I could see Purdue with a, a late backdoor here, maybe a fourteen point loss or so. So I will take them with the points. Okay, I I'm gonna go under here. Um, I think that fifty two is a bit a bit high. I understand it's indoors. I just think that fifty two is. I'm gonna go under. I don't know why, but we're gonna go under. This game's gonna be like forty five okay. to thirty seven probably. I mean, there's going to be a lot of running, I think, from at least from Michigan. So, all right. Yeah, I we'll, think the defense uh, is still going to stuff Purdue, so we'll see. Yeah, I did want to um, add in on the ACC. I meant to say this earlier. Uh, we were really bad at predicting the ACC this year. Uh, I said that a successful year for BC would be eight wins. We finished with three. Um, oh, God. You you said that uh, you loved NC State and Wake Forest. Honestly, NC State recovered a bit, but two down years for both of them. And both <laughs> me, you, and Chad all took Miami to make the uh, the conference championship game, and they were awful. That's really poor. With that being said, the ACC should just be shot into oblivion. So uh, we got yeah. we got Davey deals back here. So we'll we'll, we'll wrap back around. But to recap, John and I's picks. John is taking USC minus two and a half in the uh, Pac-12. Dave is on USC minus two and a half. I am on the under 67 and a half. John is taking TCU minus two and a half in the Big 12. I am taking Kansas State plus two and a half in that game. Uh, in the SEC, John has selected the over 50 and a half between Georgia and LSU. I am on... Georgia with the points, minus 18 and a half. And then we slide to the AAC. John is taking Tulane minus three and a half, and I am also taking Tulane minus three and a half. Clemson, North Carolina, and the ACC. John's on UNC plus seven and a half. I'm taking the over 63 and a half. And finally, the Big Ten. I'm taking Purdue plus 16 and a half, and John will be on the under 51 and a half. Me a rapid fire here. Yes, we do. You are going to. We need. We need your Big Twelve pick to start. Yeah. So in the Purple People Eaters game here, K State TCU. Um, let's go with K State. I just think, like we said, they go on time their third string quarterback in that game. Um, Will Howard is playing really good for them right now, and I look. TCU's had a magical run. They should be in the playoff regardless. Um, I think K-State just in a great spoiler spot here uh, to win the Big 12. So give me K-State, just a really tough team, a well-coached team. SEC, I'm actually going to go under. Did someone have the over in that game? John took the over 50 and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing 51. Give me under 51. Um, I just don't really expect LSU to score more than 10 points probably, and I think Georgia's just going to run the damn ball and try to shorten this game and get out of there the win. Um, I, I just think this is like a 20 to 13 type game, 20 to 10, whatever. Um, UCF to Lane, don't have a good pulse in this game, but give me UCF and the points for the sake of you both being on two lane. Um, Purdue, Michigan, I'm going to go over that number, 52, or I don't know if there was a better line there, but give me, give me that number over. Aiden O'Connell is a hell of a player. Um, some sad news. I saw there was some news about his brother passing away. Um, so a little bit of that's, a – That's big news there. That That's Purdue with the points. Well, I'm just going to take the over because I do think Purdue uh, can throw the ball around a little bit. 
And we saw what Michigan can do offensively, hit the explosive plays. Um, I just think that's a game that that should go over. And then Clemson – sorry. You you and I are on the opposite side of the spectrum on both your last two, the SEC and the uh, Big Ten on the totals. We're on opposite I love that. Side. So that's going to be big for the contest. I'm not going to switch my picks, but I like the points you're making, and now I'm even more scared. Love that. I'm terrified. All right, yeah, and then last one here. Your ACC pick. Yeah, give me the Tar Heels. Um, I just – Clemson – First of all, I'm just sick of seeing Clemson on TV, man. Um, I hate that they're even in this game. I wish they could just be someone else. Uh, but the quarterback discrepancy there, I know UNC has had some bad losses down the stretch here, but um, this is really just give me Drake May in the points, seven and a half. Um, it would just be so sweet to see Clemson not even win the ACC this year. That is a lot of points. And uh, Drake May is infinitely better than DJU. So just just give me give me UNC in the points. I will say there's a chance that uh, Clemson's two best defensive linemen stood out for this game. Um, not out of the picture. Uh, Brian Barisi and uh, Miles, I forget his last name, but there's a chance they sit out. So I don't think Clemson has anything to play for. I don't know how much an ACC, uh, what is it, would be like their sixth straight ACC title, maybe even longer than that. I don't know how much that's going to mean to them. So. I, I don't mind sprinkling UNC money line either. Going to be a good weekend. Last full Saturday of college football before bowl season. It's going to be fun. Can't believe we're done with the regular season. It's actually quite depressing. Um, I'm looking forward to bowl season, but it just can't beat the weekend, weekend, week out. Holy shit, I just messed that up. The weekend, week out grind of college football, regular season. It's really just the best, the best thing out there. Um, I love it. I'll miss it. But we do have a exciting month coming up. Hi, this is Tom Chad Messier Rinaldi reporting um, with a, a special segment. Um, wasn't able to join the podcast this week, but I, I I'm not going to go without saying anything of what transpired this past weekend. Um, so I'm just doing a little segment on my own. Uh, I'm going to talk to myself, talk to you, the listeners, um, and Connor's going to zip this up and do what he needs to do and put it somewhere in the podcast. I don't know where this is going to land. Um, but here I am in the flesh. So let's talk about it. Um, oh God. So I have a little practice with this now. It's now two years in a row, um, that my... I've been emotionally, spiritually, mentally broken, and it it's not going to heal anytime soon. Um, but the hope is this brokenness turns to a desire, a want, a will to be better. Um, and I now have 358 days to figure that out. Um, I do take partial responsibility for the result this past weekend. Simple as that. I, I need to be better. Um, my friends need to be better. Family needs to be better. Um, we all need to be better. And I wasn't this year. So I'm sorry to anyone that I let down. The game. The program. Oh, where to begin. So, I... Um, let, let's clear some things up right now. I know a lot of you, I'm sure most of you watched the game. I'm sure most of you have been on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, listening to reactions to the game, you know, from those who, who, who do this for a living. And 99% of people are wrong. You know, to come out here and, you know, say that that team, you know, bullied Ohio State was way, way tougher, more physical. It's just not true. Go back and watch the game. It's not even remotely close to the case. Um, that game was simply Harbaugh out coach day. Um, that team executed better than Ohio State. Had nothing to do with one team being more physical. If you say that, you don't know what you're talking about. So not even willing to have a discussion about that. Just like last year. Last year, the Ohio State defense 
was confused and had no idea what they were doing under Kerry Combs. Um, and he was fired because of it. it had nothing to do with Michigan being more physical. Um, this year, you don't have Kerry Combs to blame. Um, although I do fault the defense to an extent. It's a lot more than that. I mean, bottom line is you have 20 points at halftime. You finish with 23 for the game. That's unacceptable for for an offense that was, you know, supposed to be otherworldly. And let's be honest, they weren't. Um, and I, listen, I came into this season saying that it was national championship or bust. My expectations never changed. My confidence level did. We had a point uh, midway through the year after Michigan beat Penn State where Dave was on the pod and we were talking. And I was like, yeah, like at this point, they might be better than Ohio State. And I always thought deep down that Ohio State would win this game. But I mean, they were just better. They were the better team, better coaching players executed better simple as that um and i think a lot of it goes on the head coach i um you just you can't continue to you know he has three losses now in the last two years and it's similar similar issues offensively you know just red zone woes and not having confidence in your quarterback on third and fourth down you know, there were two times in the second half of this game where Ohio State punted on fourth and short when they were around the 50-yard line. Let me tell you something. If Justin Fields was the quarterback, if Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback, JT Barrett was the quarterback, it could have been fourth and seven they're going for it. To me, that's a lack of confidence in your quarterback. And maybe, maybe rightfully so. I mean... I don't think anyone's going to sit here and deny Stroud being a phenomenal passer of the football. He makes throws that not many people can make. Elite accuracy. But there is a leadership aspect and a toughness aspect that he is missing. Simple as that. Um, Justin Fields basically shattered six ribs against Clemson in 2019. Came back in, finished the game, got him to the national title. That's not Stroud. Um, and I think that hurt the team. Um, whether you like it or not, the quarterback is the leader of the team. And players are going to follow, you know, follow their quarterback. And if you have a soft quarterback, you, you know, again, I don't think it was a soft team. But maybe from a mindset mindset perspective, they were soft. I, I don't know. Um, I just... Stroud wasn't good enough, and Stroud's going to go on to be a top three pick in the NFL draft this coming spring. Um, but what will he be remembered for his time at Ohio State for? And that will be these two losses, these past two years. Just wasn't good enough. When your team's more talented, you got to win those games. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, you know, again, a lot of people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about to blame this this loss on, you know, from a defensive side of the ball on the cornerbacks. You don't know what you're talking about. Cornerbacks played the best game they've played all year. Cornerbacks outside the offensive line were the best position group Ohio State had on Saturday. Um, the safeties killed them. So anyone saying Ohio State cornerbacks were the reason they lost the game, again, don't know what they're talking about. You know, just breakdowns from the safety position. Cornerbacks played great. Um, and listen, Ohio State held them to like five rushing yards in the first half. They did what they needed to do. And they were only up 20 to 17, you know, due to basically two breakdowns from the safeties and then offense not being able to put the game away. They could have put the game away 10 minutes in and they didn't. Conservative play calling, lack of trust in the quarterback and the quarterback just not being good enough in big moments. Where does that leave us? Um, so from a playoff perspective, I like for the love of God, please TCU and, and USC win this weekend. Just end my suffering. I don't, I want, why would I want to go 
and root for one of those teams to lose to go and play Georgia or that team again. It's no fun. I'd rather go play in the Rose Bowl, have it as a scrimmage. You know, it doesn't even have to be the Rose Bowl. New Year's Six Bowl, let the young guys play. Use it as a scrimmage, see what we have for next year. And don't get it twisted that that's all these New Year's Six Bowl games are now. They're meaningless. I've said that last year. I've said that since we went to a 14 playoff. Any bowl game besides the playoff are meaningless. Um, not that I'm not going to watch it because, like I said, it's you get to see what you have for next year. Um, so, so yeah. So, I like, Ohio State does not deserve to be in the playoff. Um, they shouldn't be in the playoff. And, you know, right now I, I, I'm praying that USC and TCU take care of business this weekend. Now, if one of them were to slip up and Ohio State makes it, I'll hold the same mindset for a couple weeks, but then, you know, a week out from that playoff game, I'll be back in. But right now, I'm just, I'm angry. Um, and and I'll, I want to end with this, and I kind of started to hit on it with the bowl talk. But from a playoff perspective, I mean, if you can't see after what transpired this past weekend and what could potentially transpire after this next weekend, I can't help you. The four-team playoff was stupid enough to begin with. The fact that they're going to 12 is just idiotic. You have a BCS bowl system in place. That Ohio State and that team game was a semifinal to see who goes takes on Georgia for the national title. Simple as that. And now you would have that team in Georgia playing for a national title, the two best teams. But instead, you're going to potentially have Ohio State in the playoff and a potential rematch against that team, what was the point of playing this game this past weekend, if that's the case? That game was meaningless if Ohio State makes it. And I know, you know, people are going to argue well seeding and whatnot. What does it matter if they're all at neutral sites? I don't give a shit about a bye. Who cares? This game this past weekend meant everything in the moment. That's all that mattered. The first 11 games that came before, nothing. It was one game between two teams. May the best man win, and it meant everything. And you could potentially see this year with only four teams in the playoffs that it doesn't. And then when you get to 12 teams, it sure as hell means nothing. So, you know, great. Invite more people in. You know, make it like the NFL. Make it like other professional sports. Fine. But what makes college football unique is the fact that you lose two games, you're fucked. And potentially you lose one game and you're screwed. Now, you know, you're going to have teams that lose three games that make it. That's dumb. Never made any sense to me. And that's why I think the playoff expansion was dumb to begin with. Play better. Don't lose games. You want to go have a chance at a national title, don't lose a game. Ohio State lost a game. They don't deserve a chance at a, at a title. USC lost a game. They don't deserve a chance at a title. TCU is a joke to begin with. Let that team and let Georgia go settle it on the field the first week of January, and it would be perfect. Not that I would watch, but that's how it should be. You know, At least you have the BCS system. New Year's Six Bowls mean a little bit more again. But the more people you let in the playoffs, I mean, they're just scrimmages. Think back to the Rose Bowl last year. I mean, Ohio State had like eight guys sitting out. It was a scrimmage. You got to see Marvin Harrison Jr. for the first time, which for me was awesome. But the game was meaningless. So, you know, that's where I stand on the playoffs. You know, I don't want to move this whole message just to playoff talk because obviously it was about this past weekend and the better team won. Um, and I think I echoed a similar message last year and I thought last year was going to be a, a fluke, one-year thing. But Ryan Day has now moved to 2-2. Two and two. Yes, I am counting the COVID year when Michigan forfeited as a win because it is. You know, that's a cowardly thing to do to forfeit, you know, the biggest game in sport. So... Ryan Day has now moved to two and two against that team, and it's just it's not good enough. When um, you know Trestle and Herbs combined lost one time to that team, two losses in your first four years isn't good enough. So, I'm I'm not hitting the panic button with Ryan Day yet, but 
this time comes around next year, you lose a third straight, I'm willing to have that conversation without a doubt. Um, so that's all I wanted to add. Congratulations to John and the Gamecocks on their second top 10 win of the season against the Tigers from Clemson. I'm very happy for John. He's been through a lot. Um, Connor BC sucks. Dave, I know I mentioned this before, but next year is a big year for the Nittany Lions. Um, you know, a lot rides on Drew Aller. That's all I'm going to say. Drew Aller ain't the answer, then, you know, there's got to be a, there needs to be a change made, you know, inside the Penn State football program. That's where I'm at. 10 and 2 is great, but, you know, you now have, um, you know, big players in the West with some of these coaching hires. So if Drew Aller ain't the answer, I don't know how much longer James Franklin is going to be uh, the head coach of the Nittany Lions. So that's where I'm at. Hope everyone had a nice holiday. I will be back next week with the boys. We can get into it more if you'd like, but um, Connor, take it away. Thank you, Chad. Much appreciated. Sorry about your Buckeyes, buddy. Get them next year. I did want to mention uh, my Falcons do take on Dave Steelers this week in a, in a huge matchup between uh, perennial powerhouses. Kenny Pickett. Highest graded QB at PFF last week. Looking better. Uh, Marcus Mariota still screwing up. Cost us a game against the Commanders. What's your uh, your prediction for for Steelers Falcons? I just want to say um, I, I did enjoy uh, watching the game last night, or I'm sorry, Monday night. Connor, I don't know if you're watching that as well. Matt Ryan has beaten every NFL team except two. Do you know which two? Steelers and Patriots. Sure you, yeah. Yeah. So I think he's now 0 and 4 against the Steelers in his career. Um and he hasn't beaten the Falcons either because he hasn't played them. Oh yeah. But sure. um yeah. Um Kenny did show some signs there on Monday night. It was great to see him get a fourth quarter comeback win. Um just like week by week little things. He's looking more comfortable, so that's encouraging. As far as this week, games in Atlanta. What's the line of that game, Connor? You seen uh, that Falcons opened up as minus minus one. Okay. Yeah, it feels like a pick of me game. Yeah. Um, the Falcons are still. I think whoever was the home team would be the the favorite. Obviously, skewed a little bit more because it'd probably be snowing in Pittsburgh. And I actually am looking now. The uh, Steelers have flipped to favorites. They're actually minus uh, one and a half now. Oh, Over under is forty two and a half, which is just you know par for the course. I wanted to mention Kenny. He's he's running a lot more lately. I don't Dude, know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but well, he's he one is, of those guys. You know, he's one of those guys that um, he's a good enough athlete where he can he can make plays on the run. He's not looking to run, um, so he's like functionally athletic, right? Like he can run when it's there, but like he's not one of those guys who's looking to just escape the pocket and, and use his his legs. So, um, anyways, I'm I'm getting a call, Connor. Damn, and just like that, I'm the last one standing here. Uh, we appreciate everyone sticking with us through the entire college football season. Uh, we'll still have NFL picks this week. Uh, obviously, just you know, another another week. Uh, matchups are so so. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, go U.S. Men's National Team. Let's go get a dub Saturday morning against the uh, the Dutch. Yeah, let me uh, just say, would... sorry Go to ahead. cut you off here. I'm bad. I'm just cutting in and out this whole episode. Um, hey, it's all right. You're weaving. Dude, the, last, You're weaving. the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of that game yesterday were excruciating. High stress. I mean, you know what I don't understand is the first the first half of that game, right, the first uh, 45 minutes, If it, did it not feel like we had the ball on their side of the field the entire half? And then it's like once we got that goal, and like I guess you know, obviously they change up strategy. And also, disclaimer: I don't know anything about soccer. I watched the U.S. team when they make the World Cup. That's about it. But I don't know, man. Whatever they switched up to, I just like we were getting threatened that whole that whole second half, the last twenty minutes especially. It's like they could have scored, they could have scored easily. Um, that was just incredibly stressful. I'm very excited they advanced though. Do we have a chance against Netherlands? Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you what. So. We, I mean, we're we're plus around plus three hundred on the three way money line against the Netherlands. 
but I think a lot of that is I think the books still have the Netherlands rated as the Netherlands based on brand name. They have a few good players, but all in all, they're not as strong as they typically are. So we have a good shot there. And then there's a chance that if we get through that game, we face Senegal or Australia, both winnable games to get to the semis, which would be just absolutely insane. Yeah, wasn't um, it a huge upset that Australia came out of the group Yeah, play? yeah, just crazy stuff going on there. I saw people were up at 3.30 in the morning there watching it, which is just awesome. Um, but, yeah, World Cup's been great. I, I, I will agree. I thought the U.S. should have had, like, three goals in the first half of that uh, Iran game. And then, you know, it's, it's a tough line, like, especially with young teams when they don't want to attack too much in the second half to get – allow a counter attack but at the same time if you park the bus like we did that early then you just you know you're basically just holding yeah. your breath for yeah it's like, it's like when you're watching a football it's it's you know what it's like counter it's like that yeah falcons patriots game you get that 28-3 lead and it's like oh we're just gonna protect this lead protect this lead and then it gets really scary um yeah it's, exactly it's playing not like. to lose instead of playing to win at that point yeah. and uh, but i, I, will I also say, thought uh, People were uh, upset with a couple of the late subs that that Berhalter yeah, made as well. I won't try to discuss. try to act like I uh, I know anything about that stuff, yeah. but just from what I've been reading, yeah. One one thing that has stood out to me, I've, I've watched the three games. Um, we do, and I know we have like a young team. We look like very fast and athletic. Um, someone like those midfielders, especially um, those guys, seem like freaks. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can give the Netherlands a run. I mean, I know it's a youthful team, but it would be really cool to see them advance. What's the farthest we've ever gotten in the World Cup? We've ever we gotten made to... it to the final four in 1994, I believe. Wow. Fact checking yourself? I am. Friends world. Yeah, let's see. It was either the final eight or the final four, but let's let's double check this. Wow, this this was in the uh, the U.S. too. Very interesting. Where okay, the Wikipedia page is so long. Okay. Um. Oh, maybe it was ninety. We lost to Brazil in this World Cup, but this couldn't have been. No, that was. Let's check 98 because that was a first round exit to Brazil in the knockout stage. Uh, we lost to who? Belgium um, in the last one, right? I thought I we believe. lost to. Are you talking about the most recent World Cup that we were in? Yeah, in the knockout. Didn't we lose to Belgium? I thought we lost to Ghana. You might be right. I think it was Ghana in overtime. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm try I can't figure out. How far? Farthest U.S. men's national team World Cup. Oh Jesus! I guess we we made the semis in 1930 and lost to uh, Argentina, which is technically the uh, the farthest. Um, when was that? 1930. <laughs> Wait, you said that was in the semis? Yeah, we made the semis. Yeah. Okay, so you Unreal. did lie. You did lie. I did lie. Yeah. Um, so it feels like 1930, though. Uh, 2002, we made the uh, the final eight. So okay, we they okay. won one game in the knockout stage. So that's like the okay. most recent run that we made. But yeah, I mean, it would be. I don't know. We're people say we're in the golden era of uh, U.S. soccer. I don't know how much stock you put into that, but. Well, I keep hearing that with how young our team is, the next World Cup we're going to be. Well, especially because we're hosting the next World Cup too, so wow. it's, it's going to be electric. Well, it's uh, okay. it's hosted in Canada, U.S., and Mexico simultaneously, but it'll be a good time. Uh, only other I wanted to touch on real quick. I forgot this game: Bengals Chiefs rematch. You have a pick in that game? Bengals plus two and a half at home. The Bengals really do seem to be hitting their stride. Um, I thought Lamar was going to play last week. Is he? Is he back this week? Do we know yet? Jamar. Sorry, not Lamar. Jamar. I said, did I say Jamar or Lamar? You know, you said I mean. Lamar, but I I know he meant yeah. Jamar's supposed yeah. to play this week. Um, that's going to be a great game. I would probably take the Chiefs. If I'm being honest. 
wouldn't lock that Should up though because I could see that uh, going either way. The uh, the playoff picture kind of getting pretty pretty clear, uh, at least in the in the NFC. AFC is still a bit foggy, but uh, we also have Deshaun Watson coming back this week, uh, which is going to be interesting. Playing in Houston, which is yeah. the NFL. Roger Goodell's just licking his lips about that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's all we have for today. We will uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, we're wishing Dave the best of luck closing deals. Uh, Thank you. Add on his dinner dates. John also maybe on a dinner date now. No idea where he went. Uh, just busy season, holiday season. Hope everybody's having a blast. Merry early Christmas. Go U.S. Go Falcons. U.S.A. U.S.A. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.